Jeff Newman says Jeff Newman's driving. Is Miss Kilpatrick still in my office? Yep. That Kilpatrick woman, she's a little strange. Do you hear that? It's the pot calling the kettle pot. Welcome to the show, Moonlighting fans. Whether you're a Moonlighting fan from way back when, or whether you are new to Moonlighting and you want to know what all the hype is about, you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. And we're your hosts for the podcast that is all about Moonlighting. When we talk about Moonlighting, we're talking about the Emmy award-winning 80s TV series starring Bruce Willis and Simple Shepherd. So if you're a fan of theirs, you're going to want to stay tuned as we review all 66 episodes. We hope you enjoy this journey with us because we are going to be watching the series episodes one by one and discussing them every week. Now, this is going to take several years, as you can imagine, so please join us because we are going to have so much fun along the way. We will also be releasing bonus episodes of interviews with creators, cast and crew to extend your listening experience. That's right. And we really want to include our Moonlighting fans in this project as much as possible. So write to us and let us know what your thoughts are. And even if you have some trivia to disclose, our email address is fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com. And we will include you in our future episodes. So stay with us. Shauna and I are beyond excited to finally bring Moonlighting into the 21st century for some serious discussions. You up for it, Shauna? I sure am. Well, let's get started. So we're back in the car. Great banter. So fast. Yes, I love this. They're so cute because they're so concerned about Kathleen and stuff. Yeah, they're starting to warm up to her. Yeah. Look at the bright side. She didn't kill him. That's the bright side? Oh, you're right. She didn't kill him. What a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> and like, who's going to talk to her? You want me to talk to her? And, yeah. and it's one of my favorite lines from Maddie. She's like, no, I'll do it. And then she's like, we'll do it. We'll do it together. Yeah. And I think that's so cute too. I like how she bobs her head when she says that at the end of the Yeah, exactly. And (laughs) they're just so mom and dad. I really like what David says here. It's hilarious. He says, Of course, we can't be sure. What do you mean we can't be sure? The coroner said it was a heart attack. Maybe that's the way a leprechaun death is supposed to look. Maybe it isn't about cholesterol at all. Maybe the rash of heart attacks in this country is actually the result of some major migration of short Irish people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And he looks at her and she looks at him and it's like, oh, well, it was just a theory. Yeah, it's a cute uh, driving scene. Maddie doesn't really want to go on protecting someone who won't tell us the truth and she thinks she's out of her mind. So we're back at Blue Moon and her hair is very fluffy and volumized. And he has a white bandage on now. Oh, right. So, so it's a different definitely time. different day. Right. Yeah. And some craziness. Maddie's bathroom is suddenly a closet. Yes. <laughs> How? How? <laughs> Why? How? How is that possible? But before that, they said, is she here? And Agnes says, yes. Agnes, she's so cute. Uh-huh. Agnes lets them go into the office, doesn't say a word, and she's just smiling. She goes, I'm going to see if they can guess where she is. <laughs> I know. And they come back. I thought she said she was in oh, the yeah. office. That Kilpatrick girl is a little strange. But David <laughs> oh, yeah. says, oh, yeah, the pot call on the kettle pot. I don't know yeah. why he says pot calling the pedal pot. Maybe he's just joking around, but it's pot calling the kettle black. I know. I, I actually say that saying yeah. all the time. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. The pot calling the kettle pot. Uh, yeah, I don't know why he says that. Yes, and I looked that up actually because I say it a lot. Yeah. The pot yeah, I've heard that black saying. is a proverbial idiom that may be of Spanish origin or which English versions began to appear in the first half of the 17th century said to mean that someone with a particular fault accuses someone else of having that same fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Dave's just being funny because it's always the pot calling the kettle black. So, yeah, I don't know why. Maybe a take that they just happen to use. I don't know. Oh, actually, you know, I just thought of it. It's about the pot, the pot of gold. Oh, wait, the pot calling the, the kettle pot. Yeah, he's or just whatever. being silly. He's just referring because of the, the pot the of gold. Yeah. yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so they find Kathleen sitting in the closet and she's not supposed to come out during the day or something like that. She's supposed to wait till nighttime. Yeah, yeah. so 
She's more vulnerable during the day. People can capture her easily. Her magic powers are at night. Right. So I don't know why she was so worried when she was with David on Wilshire Boulevard. Anyway. Yeah. What caught my attention were the garments in the cupboard. Uh, they were not Maddie garments. There was an ugly yeah. beige. What is it with beige in this show? Get away with a beige. Yeah. I don't um, know. Robert Tuberius must have liked it. Yeah, so the beige coat, ugly beige coat, and there's a knitted cable jumper mm. and something else. Yeah, that's weird. Really weird. And all of a sudden, yes, the bathroom is now a closet. It's like in... um. The next murder you hear when suddenly both of their offices had a back door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also when David goes to the men's room, which really has got to be Maddie's bathroom. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. I watched it again yesterday and the camera work on this is really clever because it's really close up. So you're trying to work out maybe there's another door or something, but mm. it's clearly the bathroom. Yeah. But they do it close up so that you won't necessarily notice that it's the same. Oh, I see. That it's there. Okay. Right. They couldn't fool us. They tried. They couldn't do it. Listen, Moonlighting uh, cast and crew, you're not going to fool Grace and Shauna. Yeah. Nothing gets past us. There's a t-shirt for you. You can't <laughs> fool Grace and Shauna. <laughs> Let's add that to the Moonlighting <laughs> merchandise. Merchandise. Yes. Kathleen comes out of the closet, hands the book that she was reading to Agnes, and she's worried because daytime, if captured, she has to give her captors her pot of gold and she's right. not allowed to resist in any way. Mm. And he goes, you must go through a lot of pots like that. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pesto walks out and Maddie wants to have a conversation with Kathleen. Miss Kilpatrick, let's have a little conversation. Boy, you've got to get it now. Well, yeah, Mom and dad. Mom, Mom and dad, dad again. Yes, it's very much mom and dad with their late teenage daughter. So once they sit down, again, they're single shots. They're just Sybil and then Kathleen and David together. Yes. And again, Maddie's a little condescending. I thought she was warming up to her, but she's still a little bit condescending towards Kathleen. Doesn't believe she's telling the truth or what she believes is not the Mm. truth. Now, David, you understand what I'm saying. Well, to tell you the truth. (laughs) (laughs) I know he's supposed to be helping her. Oh my god! And they're both really trying to be gentle. Yeah, but Ma- Maddie starts to get a bit angry now. She's losing her patience. I know, but David's tempering her. He goes, Maddie, Maddie. Maddie. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't believe in leprechauns, and there are a million things I could believe in: knights on horses, wishing wells, Santa Claus, miracle cures. Yes. Yeah, it's just so obvious here, and a lot of scenes in this episode that they're just not together. I know. The more we watch, the more we notice. And the more we know, the more we notice. I'm really happy with Kathleen's response when Maddie goes, I have to tell you what I think. She goes, no, Miss Hayes, it's not what you think. It's what you feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah. And then she's going to take them to her pot of gold. And I haven't seen anything. Maddie. If it's proof you'd be wanting, what if I took you to my pot of gold? <laughs> I'll get a shovel. And I love the single shots here of their response. Yeah. I'll get a shovel. (laughs) I'll get a shovel. That's right. Yes, I love that. And then I love them driving in the car, the three of them. Yeah, with her in the back seat. They're right sitting right in the middle. Sybil and Bruce seem like they have some kind of little end jokes with each other. They seem like they've been joking around a lot with each other like you know what I mean they seem to have these kind of like side eye glances and things like that you know mm-hmm. if you notice I thought they were just responding to what Kathleen was saying I know but I I'm just sensing a little bit more of like a kind of a wink wink nod nod smile I don't know okay <laughs> I'm reading into it Grace you're reading um, into it especially like right when the scene opens up you can kind of see Maddie and David giving each other like side eye And then Kathleen's, you know, talking to them and stuff like that. And she says something about where the pot is. And uh, David says, just where is it that you stashed your pot? And then Maddie and David do the little, because he's talking Mm -hmm. about another kind of pot. And they kind of give each other, you know, I don't know. There's just these like kind of like half smile glances between them that I feel is just a little bit more than, you know, the scene calls for. But Okay. 
But they hear more about Kathleen's father when she was a child and the stories that he used to tell her. Yes. I actually researched this and it doesn't look like the place she mentions is real. If anybody from Ireland is listening, you can correct me. But she says her father every Sunday used to take her on a picnic and tell her that she was a leprechaun and all that. And she went to the pastures of Dunsmadea. So I looked that up. I tried all different spellings, but I couldn't find it. But anyway, it could have been a fictitious place that they've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's told her that she has yeah. a gift and they are the guardians of all that is good, decent and honest. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so she tells him a little bit of a story that she was six when he left for the US and he sent her a letter. I'm assuming it's a photo that she's got in her hand, maybe of the bridge or something. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. There it be. There it be. There it be. <laughs> a steel rainbow. David's like, well, that's kind of the right shape. She thinks it's beautiful. Yeah, she's been waiting to see that her whole life. So that bridge looks like it was built in 1968. The Gerald Desmond Bridge is a through-arch bridge that carried five lanes of Ocean Boulevard from Interstate 710 in Long Beach, California, Mm. west across the back channel to Terminal Island. The bridge was named after Gerald Desmond, a prominent civic leader and a former city attorney for the city of Long Beach. In October 2020, a new bridge named Long Beach International Gateway, replaces the old Gerald Desmond Bridge due to insufficient vertical clearance for shipping. And demolition of the 1968 Arch Bridge is expected to be completed by 2023. So they're demolishing it. We can't see it, huh? We'll take that off our moon landing tour. Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, I'll have to come there before 2023 before they wreck it. Yeah, that's true. So they pull up to this area and they rush out of the car and Maddie's got got her pantsuit on. Yeah, she looks lovely in her pantsuit, doesn't she? Yeah, I like that. I like that outfit on her. I know you like her with dresses and skirts, but I really like it when she's in pants. It really, I think it accentuates her figure. Yeah, I like this one in particular. I don't don't like the one that she was wearing in Knowing Her. It's too baggy. No, they were baggy pants, yeah. I just like to see her in something a little bit more casual. I mean, Bruce got to wear a gray sweatshirt, which is very cute in, by the way. Why do they always put him in a gray jumper? Do they? Oh, when's the next time he's wearing one? Like When he sings with, um, you know, when he's got Ray Charles in his lounge room. Oh, he's in a sweater in that. The gray one, which he nearly mutilates because he's in it. He, he hates it for a whole week or something, apparently. I know, yes. And yes, I like uh, Sybil's outfit as well, but um, it's not a good outfit for digging ditches. No. He's singing Oh Sweet Chariot. <laughs> I know, with his own words, his own twist, of With course. his own twist to it. But the funny thing is that song was by Wallace Willis. Oh, really? Hmm. Wallace Willis? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that song, oh, my gosh. Stop singing. Do you have to sing that? He goes, well, do you want me to go back to Barnacle Bill the Sailor? Oh, my God. Now, <laughs> Barnacle Bill the Sailor is an yeah. American drinking song adapted from Bollocky Bill the Sailor, a traditional oh. folk song originally titled Abraham Brown. Now, I listened to it on on, <laughs> on YouTube the other day. It's a really yeah. old song. I think it's been back in the 1920s or something. So That song, though, the words, though, um, move slow, sweet Harriet. <laughs> He says uh, Harriet the, instead of Chariot. Yeah. And Harriet. Move slow, sweet Harriet. And then like in the end he says, and move a little more to, to the, the right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he said bad. Yeah, but I love it when he says, I'll pay for the room for the night. That's Ooh, what he God. says. <laughs> yes. David. I'm sure he's done that a few times. And then uh, Maddie's had enough and she throws her shovel down and climbs out. He says, holler if you hit China. (laughs) I thought of you, Shauna. (laughs) I thought of me too. I like everything that Maddie says here to him. Uh, There are hole diggers. Hole diggers and there are non-hole diggers. And I know this sounds bad, but I am a non-hole digger. (laughs) Which is quite true. I know it is. It's true. She knows who she is. That's not a rainbow. It's a bridge. She's not a leopard. She's crazy. And we're not going to find a pot of gold because there is no pot of gold. And she also says, I don't sing profane songs. I drink my beer out of the glass and we're we're not going to find a pot of gold. And then they find a pot of gold. Kathleen yells, 
yells out, she's found it. And the music's the Irish music starts again, which is oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's jumping up and down. And oh my God, it's so good. The funny thing about when they show the pot of gold, though, they just dug it out of the dirt and it has no dirt on it at all. No, it's clean as. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even have a lid. I know. Just the gold spilling over perfectly. Yeah, it's perfectly clean. It's like yeah. when a baby's born in these movies. They're perfectly clean. There's no blood yeah. on them. There's nothing. Yeah, there. and about two months old. And they're two months old. <laughs> it's got little cheeks and everything. But I'm sure you noticed, maybe, that when Maddie runs up to the edge of the hole, she's wearing black trainers. Yes. But when they're heave-hoeing the gold into Maddie's foyer, she's got beige shoes on. Oh, I didn't notice that. Very good. Yeah, she's got her beige shoes well, on. Well, she would so. have got them all dirty. Oh, yeah, there's no way you're going to stand and dig a ditch in those beige shoes. I mean, come on. The Black only thing I on. noticed was that when they were at the site, she had these dark shoes on, which I couldn't tell what they were. But I didn't look to see what she was wearing when they came in. When they pull the pot of gold in her. Eve. Oh, Eve. And he says, uh, go to ho. Go to ho, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Oh my God. And if this isn't just one of the cutest scenes of them sitting in her foyer and David like on his belly and Maddie sitting there, you know, like them sitting next to each other and then having like a little dirt on their faces and they're so cute here. Yeah, it's a nice scene. Yeah, with Kathleen and everything. Even the heave ho, how they're like carrying it together and stuff like that. And yeah, they're just on the floor and, um, Kathleen, what does she do? She moves into the living room or something like that. And Maddie, yeah, she's she's there. cleaning her gold with her, her oh, cup yeah. of her shirt. And Maddie yes. says, David, there's a pot of gold in my living room. And he says, it's a crock. It's and a she crock. goes, you think so? I think so. But he's, he's trying to tell her that it's actually a crock. Now, yeah, I look that up as I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, as you do, yes. And somebody has put on the website that, now I don't know whether this is true, so if there's an expert out there in crocs and pots, they can tell me. But this is what somebody wrote. As Kathleen cleans her gold coins, Addison says technically her cast iron pot is a croc. Actually, a crock is an upright earthenware container used for storage or fermentation of food. A cast iron rounded three-footed container is a pot. Pot G, I don't know how to say that word, P-O-T-J-I-E or a cauldron used for cooking over a hearth or campfire. So there you go. Somebody's contradicted what David has said. So Mm. whoever wants to clarify the difference between a pot and a crock, I would like to know. Yes, please. If anyone is an expert out there in pots and crocks, please let us know. We have a lot of listeners in Ireland. So anybody there, they're more experts than we are. If yeah. they can contribute anything to this episode, that would be lovely because there's a lot of questions I would like answered. Uh, yes. If you know the difference between a pot and a crock, send an email to fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com. If you know that or the answers to anything else that we talk about in the podcast or any corrections that need to be made. Oh, I was going to say, doesn't Maddie have a guest room? Why doesn't? Is, yeah, because Annie stays in it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Why does Kathleen have to sleep on the couch? Who knows? Why doesn't David stay over there? Well, that's what I was just about to say, because he's at the door and he goes. I should be here. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. That's not very nice. How about you say, why don't you stay for a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, (laughs) something? Well, he should stay in the guest room because, especially that first night that Kathleen was on the couch, he should have stayed there too because it's safer. Yeah. And he's supposed to be looking after her. And besides, yeah. if he's leaving, that means he's taken the BMW. Right. So Maddie is awoken by Kathleen singing downstairs, burying her pot of gold. Poor Maddie can't get a full night's sleep. And I would like to know the song she's singing, please. That's another question for the people in Ireland. Yeah, I think I know. Because I love yeah. it. It's a cute little snappy song. I know. Yeah, I didn't write it down for some reason. One line that we missed uh, that I really like before David goes home, he says, and you know what? This is a good line from Maddie. He says, think too much and it'll all go away. We say prove it and she does. I don't know what to think. Didn't you hear the lady? It says nothing to do with thinking. 
Think too much and it'll all go away. If that's not foreshadowing, Grace. I don't know what is. <laughs> that's very true. That is a major line, isn't it? That, yeah, that's a line that yeah needs to be pointed out. Mm. Yeah, so anyway, Maddie has woken up in the middle of the night. What is she singing? I wish I could. It's, it's an Irish song, isn't it? Yeah, I can't even remember. For some reason, I didn't even think to like write down the songs this time. But she's going skiddly that, skiddly that, you know. Okay. She opens the window and screams at her, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, I know. It's a great crane shot again of her staircase. Oh, yeah. The crane follows her down the stairs and it cuts across the front door when where <laughs> um, Kathleen runs in with her shovel thinking there's something wrong. <laughs> in America, we don't do that. <laughs> what do you put your gold? Oh, it has to go in the ground. Oh, it has to go in the ground. And she's like, oh, come in, come on in here. And Maddie has a safe in her floor. Who knew? Now, since when does she have a safe in her floor? No, no, it's hiding underneath the uh, carpet. Now, I'd <laughs> like to know how they did it. Yeah. So they would have had to make a hole in the studio or elevate the floor of the living room. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess, unless it's like an insert shot and it wasn't shot there at all, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, and then this is where Maddie really starts to warm towards Kathleen. Yeah. So Kathleen's really excited. Oh, we're ready to fill whole. Oh, this has been a glorious day. I love how she says that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a glorious day. And she appreciates everything they've both done for her. Wait till all the other leprechauns here. <laughs> Funny. But she wants to repay them by offering them three wishes. And she's like, oh, I, I started to think what you he would ask for. So it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> Did right. you imagine? It's, really, <laughs> it's not even like um, anger coming out of Maddie. It's just like, oh, I shudder to think what Mr. Addison would ask for. And, and it's so funny. Kathleen's like, oh, then maybe it's not a good idea. You know, <laughs> it, usually Maddie acts like disgusted or angry about it. Yeah, yeah, Kathleen's already worked out the sort of man he is, and she's probably worked out that, you know what, I don't think his wishes would be very appropriate. She agrees with uh, with Maddie. That all was very cute. But that's a sweet little scene between Kathleen and Maddie. Thank you for supporting us, Moonlighting fans. We hope you are enjoying our episodes, and if you feel so inclined, Shauna and I would be very appreciative if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts so that we know we're on track with our content and continue to provide you with a great experience. And then we're at the office. Yes, yeah, so we're back at Blue Moon. David's in his office. Maddie walks in. <laughs> I don't know how they get away with it because it's like... Oh, my gosh. First of all... This he, is interesting. Okay, I'm, I think I'm going to say something different than what you think. Okay. How they just walk in and start talking and he does not respond he's just sitting there looking at her and she's oblivious to his expression now if i walked into a room and somebody was like that i'd go what's wrong you all right <laughs> she's like oh sorry i'm late i just spent all night talking to kathleen and learning about her life and everything and for somebody who got only four hours sleep i feel wonderful i'll be the judge of that <laughs> I'll, I'll be the judge of that yeah he does get even though he's being pretty serious he does get one one zinger in there and like you said, the crane shot, you know, with the uh, staircase and stuff like that. And a lot of these things make us think of whenever we see the living room or like you were saying, and rather can you spare a blonde, how they were like rolling on the floor. Yeah. That's not the, the last time they'll be rolling on the floor. Um, <laughs> and then like the crane shot kind of like, and I'm curious, Maddie or, okay. But him saying, I'll be the judge of that about how she feels. Yeah. It just shows that he really did say stuff like that in the office all the time and life just moved on. She didn't really acknowledge it, but like when he says it in to Eris Human, she's like, don't, don't say things like that, no. you know, but he says almost the exact same thing that he said in to Eris Human. So anyway, just interesting. Things that, have like, changed. So it's, like, I know you just see how yeah things evolve or whatever, but mm. it's a very David line that Maddie definitely lets go. I thought that was interesting. Good morning. Sorry, I'm late. Kathleen and I stayed up most of the night talking. It's funny, but... For someone only got four hours sleep, I feel wonderful. I'll be the judge of that. So I think, yeah, here it shows that Maddie is really beginning to like her. You know, she, yeah, he's learning more about her culture and enjoying her company. And, um, you know, she's like, she's from a place. She's some, from a culture. Yes. And that's where she says, if there was such a thing as a leprechaun, she would be one. 
And I like how David breaks it to her. You know, the more I get to know Kathleen, the more I like her. She's so, I don't know. She's from something, some place, a culture. I mean, I know she's dingy, but it's such a wonderful, good kind of dingy. If there was such a thing as a leprechaun, she would be one. Yeah. Well, she's not. He did a little research mm. and not on the internet. No, he went to the library. <laughs> yeah, it was the only place to do any research back in the day. Now, this whole scene, they're not in the room together. There's no shot of them together at all. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's so sad. Anyway. You know? Yeah, it is. We start noticing like how, yeah, how it's often actually they really worse. were there together. Yeah, it's, it's actually getting worse. I think a lot of it was based on trying to give Sybil, get Sybil out of there or give her a day off. Yeah. But they do a good job. You know, you, if you don't think about it, you really don't notice that they're not in the room together. You know, it's, the magic is always still there, which is why it's always the question, like, is it the chemistry of between the actor and actor or just, you know, them acting their scenes and it playing well? I mean, it, it's between them for sure, but they don't have to be in the room for it to happen, actually be in the room together for it to happen, I guess. Yeah. I think their responses are perfect, even though the other person's not in the room. I know. Mm. We're really good at that. Which I think it was more of Bruce. I think Sybil filmed first and Bruce reacted to her. So I give Bruce, you know, some credit for that. But anyway. Yeah. So David breaks the news that Kathleen Kilpatrick is a daughter of a bank robber. And it's interesting here. It cuts straight to the car. Yes. They do the kind of those quick cuts a a couple of times. And now he's got the darker bandage on again and he's driving. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, so it's kind of like they went out and they filmed the car scenes at the same time. But one time Maddie's driving and the other time David is driving mm. and they have different outfits on, but he's got the bandage and her hair is smooth again. Yeah. But yeah, I love this, uh, this whole conversation again. And they're even more protective <laughs> of her. <laughs> but it's such great dialogue how they wind, you know, maybe he wasn't such a bad guy, da, 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 da. And they wind all the way to like, the man was dog food. <laughs> <laughs> Tender vittles, no doubt about it. <laughs> Tender vittles, no doubt about it, yeah. And they're really protective of her. Oh, my God. And this is where we find out that $100,000 of gold bullion was stolen from the Bank of Ireland in yeah. 1964. And this is where he explains that three men carried out the robbery and one of them was her father. Yeah. And he got away with it and the other two went to prison by the sounds of it. But one of them died. And the other one was the, the old guy at the start of the episode who was chasing after her. So that was Edward O'Leary. So he sounds like he's followed her to the US to see if he could uncover the gold. Now, this is where I noticed that the tables have turned. Maddie doesn't want to tell Kathleen, and he does. So she's trying to protect her, and he's, he's like, true. no, we have to tell her. We have to tell her yeah. that it's, it's a stolen gold and her father was a, <laughs> a crook. Yeah. There's a right to know the truth about her father. Because if we don't tell her, somebody else will. Well, I don't want to be the one to tell her. Fine. I don't want anybody else to either. Not fine. Maddie, look at the bright side. Show it to me. Well, it's not like he killed anyone. Maybe there's a statute of limitations that's expired. But it's good how it goes up and back, up and back. And to whatever she says, he had a response. So yeah. it was really good. Until the yeah. end when they agree and she goes, no, the guy was dog food. The yeah. man was dog food. I mean, if you look at the facts one by one, he wasn't such a bad man. All right, he robbed a bank. The deed was heinous, but his motives were noble. Yeah, agreed. He braved a cruel ocean to make sure his fortune was here for his daughter. Smuggling. Found a rainbow and buried it for her. Vandalism. Spun fanciful tales to disguise the ugly truth to his Lied daughter. Lied to his own flesh and David, blood. the man was dog food. Tender vittles, no doubt about it. But I looked up tender vittles and it's cat food. <laughs> really? Yeah. I wonder if they used to have a dog food too. Yeah, maybe it is a cat food. That's funny. It says here, Tender Vittles was a brand of semi-moist cat food manufactured by Nestle under the Purina Mm. name. Mm. The cat food was previously made by the Ralston Purina Company, which was purchased by Nestle. As of March Mm. 2007, oh, well, this is an old thing, the Tender Vittles product line was discontinued and abandoned by Purina in the United States but was relaunched by Retro Brands USA, LLC. Unless it was dog food as well, but as far as I can see, it was cat food. So it's a funny one. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is. Maybe they just like to reference the name or something. I don't know. Mm. Um, interesting, very. Yeah, so they're back at Maddie's house and she says to David, she's probably not even here. She said she was going to go and visit her father's grave 
And David says, oh, if I had a known, I would have lent her some spit. Yeah, I like that line too. Oh, <laughs> <lent her> some... <laughs> oh, and I like this shot too, because I always imagine it's um, like Maddie and David after they're married, coming home together from work. <laughs> well, so they're both true. like walking into Maddie's house. Yeah. Oh, where my imagination goes. I know. I didn't think of it like that when they came home. That would have been nice, though. Oh, they're just coming home from work, kind of some yeah. dinner. Just getting home together. We don't and then see go them upstairs, like... and we want the camera to follow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> go up there. <laughs> <laughs> we got to see it all. You wanted him to uncover that problem with his trousers. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Let's see a little more of that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So they're back at Maddie's house and Kathleen is packing her suitcases, her plaid suitcases that I know appear in the show somewhere else. Were they were, were they in um, the episode on the train? Remember I pointed it out like in the... Um, yeah, I'm just trying to picture them. They were sort of plaid, weren't they? They weren't the ones from Murders in the Mail. They were different. No. Yeah, they were different. Um, I'll have to look again. Mm. She's got um, Maddie's safe open. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, how does she have the combo? Mm. So well, Maddie probably de- had to give her the combo. Yeah, I suppose she had to. A pot of gold was in there. Yeah. So she's decided to leave the U.S. because she doesn't feel it's safe for her and her pot of gold for it to be in the United States. And that's the end of that scene. Yeah, it's pretty quick. They just pick pretty her quick. up. So they take her to LAX. And I love the Irish music back on again. Yeah. That's great. I love that music. Yes, I know. It's fun. And how the heck did they park right at the front, please? Oh, my gosh, I know. It's I seriously not possible to park at the front. You'd be arrested. Even in the 80s. And not only that, he didn't even park close enough to the curb. <laughs> I know, yeah, for it to sit there. I agree. And David's pushing the luggage through and mm. Maddie's like, what do we do now? And they go up the escalator and Kathleen starts saying that they're being followed, right? Yeah, she says that pretty much as soon as I enter. She said, yeah. oh, we've been, we're being followed. And that's mm-hmm. when he says to Maddie, yeah, trust me, I've done this scene before. Let's just humor her, you know. <laughs> just trust her. Yeah. Let's trust, trust her. And then they're kind of like, when they go down the escalators, ah, definitely not. No, no one's behind us. No one's chasing us, right? No, definitely not. And then it's like, Kathleen Kilpatrick. Bruce does a little stooges. <laughs> <laughs> he loves his stooges. <laughs> I know. Yes. And the chase is on, Grace. The chase is on. The chase is on. Yeah, so David has a brainwave to get in the queue behind the passengers that are leaving on the airline, Air Island. Air Island, yeah. I looked that up and there's no such thing. It looked like a fake poster on the wall. That's right, yes. It's kind of a funny and kind of a unique idea where they just start borrowing things from people to, like, use as costumes. Yeah, so she takes the hat box. The guy gives him his like, jacket. May I, may I hold this for you? Oh, thank you. Like everybody's like giving them no their. No worries. Thing. You can go and steal my hat box and my jacket. I know it's so funny. And they have like silly little outfits on. They're like, oh, he'll never recognize us. And then like <laughs> Kathleen Kilpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Maddie goes. I don't want to go to Ireland now. 
And then, she, and, yeah, and then she says, actually, I've always wanted to go to the Emerald I know. Island. I'm just going to give you a little bit of a <laughs> tiny bit of a history about Ireland because it's on my bucket list. I've been there. It's very beautiful. Oh, really? Oh, it's seriously on my bucket list. I really want to go to Ireland. Um, the Republic yeah. of Ireland occupies most island of Ireland. <laughs> island <laughs> of Ireland. I, off the of coast Ireland. of England and Wales. Its capital, Dublin, is the birthplace of writers like Oscar Wilde and home of Guinness beer. Have you ever had a Guinness? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, really? I've never I had a Guinness. It. I had a Guinness in Ireland. And Ireland is dubbed the Emerald Isle for its lush landscape. Actually, yeah. I'll tell you a little bit about leprechauns. Okay. A leprechaun is a diminutive supernatural being in Irish folklore, classed by some as a type of solitary fairy. They are usually depicted as little bearded men wearing a coat and hat who partake in mischief. In later times, they have been depicted as shoemakers who have a hidden pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Leprechaun-like creatures rarely appear in Irish mythology and only became prominent in later folklore. So there's history of the leprechaun. Okay. I like it. And while we're at it... I could not find a lot of information on Alexandra Johnson, who is Kathleen. I was wondering about that. I think she did Remington Steel, this and something else. Okay. Short career. But anyway, the chase scene at LAX is not my favorite. You know, it's kind of like, it's so silly. Them going through the luggage thing and then like coming down that whole thing. And then like David seeing that girl and hopping off and putting his arm around her and stuff. I don't like when he does that stuff in front of Maddie. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't seem worried about it. Luckily, Kathleen whistles. And that's another thing. There's three whistles in this episode. He whistles twice and Kathleen whistles once to get him away from that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's not even possible that they would be able to, they would have been arrested. (laughs) Like jump the counter, go through the um, conveyor belt with the luggage. Right. Exactly. But it's funny. It is funny how they come out and all the people are laughing at them. He spots the girl. And I like how he says, it's the only way to fly. It's the only way to fly. Yeah. And then they're confronted by that guy. Well, they're saying goodbye to her. And then that guy comes and confronts them. Well, they start running towards the. Um, oh, the gate. Oh, they go through security. And they all have of to that go stuff. through security. Yeah. But they go right through a do not enter sign. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. And right um, through security, the guys. Yeah. And the little the old that- guy. Go through, walk through, yeah. please. Walk through, please. Walk through, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know. There were always jokes in movies about how lax airport security was. I guess before 9 11. Yeah. Since then, I think it's been tightened up. But before that, it seemed like, you know, everything was pretty lax. McBride, the guy who's chasing them, his name is David Patrick Kelly. And he burst onto the acting scene in 1979, playing the devious leader of the leather clad gang, The Rogues in Walter Hill's controversial New York City gang film, The Warriors, in 1979. The major things he did, he did nine episodes of Twin Peaks. He did Moonlighting. He was in John Wick, Chapter 2, in 2017, and he played Charlie. And he played, oh, my God, I know who it is. In 2015, he was in The Blacklist, and I just realised it was him. He played Heinrich Gerst. Yeah, so that's um, David Patrick Kelly. Yeah, he looks familiar. Yeah, so I just love how protective Maddie and David are again. Well, especially David, he's like about to beat the guy up. And, you know, Maddie's got her arm around her and, you know, they're they're just like, this is their little bird. It's, it's quite nasty, isn't it? How they manhandle each other. Oh, my gosh, like, I know. He won't let go. David's in full uh, defense mode. So McBride reveals the story. This is the son. He reveals the story about the robbery and he feels that the money belongs to him because Kathleen's father stole it, came to the United States, and the other robber is dead. So he feels that the money belongs to him. Kathleen's in shock. She's going, are you saying my father stole that gold? Yeah. And then McBride walks off with the gold. Well, yeah. walks off with the two suitcases. What he thinks is the gold. Correct. And Maddie's really nice here. She grabs her and says, don't you believe a word he said? But Kathleen knows it's the truth. It's the mother-father-daughter dialogue yeah. here. What would you have done if I gave you the gold? Us? Yeah. You mean after I came to? 
I know, so funny. And Maddie and, being Maddie, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. we would return it. Of course. Very moral. All the things that David says to her. This is where the father figure really comes out here. He goes, now, Kathleen, when you get home, I want you to take a good look at yourself. All right? Work on the hair. Work on the wardrobe. Start to work on a social life. Date outside your fairy tale. Dance with a fairy. Make love to a child. And he gives her a kiss. <laughs> I give you my word, Mr. Addison. And she hands him the key. Yeah, gives him a key. When did she ever have time to hide the gold in the locker outside LAX? Well, I would assume it was the time where Maddie thought she was going to visit her father's grave. So mm, okay. she went to the airport and put the gold in there. Now, how she did that on her own, I don't know, because it was pretty heavy. Yeah, nobody noticed. And I'm fascinated that they were able to film there because they would have been there for quite some time. So Kathleen has made the decision to give them the gold. She doesn't want to be a leprechaun anymore. I love how David says, don't you have to tell someone or give notice to the head lep? (laughs) (laughs) So she said the burden of protecting the gold is over. She just wants to be free now. So she wants them to capture her and take her arms. And she does her little spell. David says, I've had pairs of pants I've taken longer to get out of. I wish to be mortal. I wish to be free. Thank you. That's it? (laughs) That's it. I've owned pairs of pants that's taken me longer to get out of. (laughs) David. Oh, David, what are we going to do with you? It's really nice here. Maddie gives her a lovely warm goodbye. Yes. Off she flies. She runs over to the flight attendant and runs out to her plane. And Maddie sees the key and she says, What's that? Epilogue. Epilogue, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I used to always remember this word from the streets of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. How apropos. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect Um, for Yeah, because the streets of San Francisco used to be in parts. They used to actually show the parts. And at the end, it'll have epilogue to show, well, this is the last lot of scenes you're going to see. Mm. And as a child, Um, I never knew what the word was. So I always wondered what epilogue was. But anyway, now David says, as he's walking out to the locker, he says, uh, he says, Monty, Monty, the missus and I. So this is a reference to um, a game show called Let's Make a Deal. Uh, Monty Hall. Yep. Yeah. I knew it was a game show. I don't really watch game shows, but yeah, we've got that here too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He says, Monty, the missus, and I decided to trade you the key for what's inside the locker. And Mm -hmm. it's so good when he opens it, how the music (laughs) coincides with him opening the locker. She gave us the gold. She really did. She gave us the gold. Oh, we really did capture her after all. <laughs> and it's the best ending. And Maddie says, But well, what about McBride? What'd he get? A hernia? A hernia? Yeah. <laughs> Carrying that heavy, heavy, heavy luggage. So good. And he calls the sky captain. Yeah. And he says, It kind of makes you wonder if there really aren't some leprechauns around after all. Sky captain, will you give us a hand with this, please? And the sky captain comes up and says, Yes, sir. What might you be wishing for? They both look at each other. It's so good. You can now go to coffee.com slash moonlighting the podcast. That's ko-fi.com slash moonlighting the podcast and buy yourself a door slam. Yes, that's right, a door slam. Some devoted moonlighting fans have contacted us since we began this project to find out how they can support us. As you are well aware, Shauna and I do this with great joy and we have so much fun creating this podcast every week and interacting with you guys on social media and via our fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com email. So we would be ever so grateful for any small donation that you can make. Maddie would be proud. Now, this is what I want to talk about. That gentleman, his name is John Finnegan and he's a great actor and he is not accredited in this show and I want to know why. Oh, right. Yeah, I know. That because, seems. Yeah, he's got a speaking part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they always said they couldn't have the, the office workers talking. It'll cost too much, right? Yeah. 
But he had a line and it was the best line. <laughs> and the reason I know him is because I know him from Colombo because he was good friends with Peter Falk. Mm. He was sometimes known as J.P. Finnegan. He was an American film actor, mostly known for his roles in American crime fiction series. Columbo, yeah. another role included voicing the character Warren T. Rat, who was the main villain in the 1986 Don Bluff film, An American Tale. So he was born in 1926 in New York and unfortunately passed away on July 29, 2012 in Palm Desert, California at the age of 85. His career started in 1971 as a voice in Dirty Harry. He was a bartender in Maud and he was in several episodes of Ellery Queen, Quincy M.E., McLeod. He did an episode of Hill Street Blues, Cagney and Lacey. He was Mr. Gillespie in Matlock. He was Ronald Hayes in Highway to Heaven. And this is where I also remember him from because I'm a crazy JFK fan. He was in JFK as Judge Haggerty. Ah, okay. okay. And, yeah, I also yeah. remember him in Murder, She Wrote. He was Mitchell in ER and he did yeah. 13 episodes of Columbo. So John Finnegan is a accomplished actor and even in 1985. So why he's not accredited, I do not know. Yeah, that's a very good question. Hmm. Although I don't quite understand why this episode now and all of these things, but, you know, it has some cute, very cute moments, very sweet moments. Yeah, I just thought it was different. I enjoyed it. It was enjoyable plot. I like the fantasy, some really fast dialogue in this, and it is packed with references, which I really enjoyed researching because I didn't know a lot of the mentions. So, yeah, and it was a great cast to make up this package. Interesting locations. Nighttime, they're on Wilshire Boulevard instead of being there during the day, and they went to that oil refinery. Yeah. And it was nice to see Maddie change her tune a little bit and mellow a little bit and warmed Mm -hmm. up to Kathleen. Yeah, instead of jealous, be sweet and protective. Hmm. They were very much like mom and dad. Yeah, a little bit like they were with Agnes. Not in this episode, but... Yeah, like um, at the end of Lady in the Iron Mask when they kind of treated her like uh, their daughter, go watch TV in my office and things like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like that. So, Grace, is this in your top 10? No, unfortunately, this is not in my top 10, but I enjoy watching this episode. Is it in your top 10, Shauna? <laughs> it's number one for me. <laughs> I doubt it very much. <laughs> no it's not it's cute enough but not a go-to episode for me at all but you know what shauna i thought it would have been a go-to episode for you considering the trousers he was wearing throughout this episode yeah that that's a go-to scene (laughs) 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 oh my god God, we are so cheeky lately (laughs) it's now time for moonlight mail You know, we have some hardcore fans and followers, and some of them are quite well-known, like Ryan Adams, the singer. He's a huge Moonlighting fan, the great supporter of the podcast, always sharing our content on Instagram. And he was really excited that we had Glenn Karen on. And after uh, we had an interview with Glenn Karen, he wrote us a personal message and said, congrats on everything. The podcast is really such a smash. I love it. So thank you, Ryan. For that and thank you ryan for all of the support that you give us and sharing a lot of our posts and you know just promoting the podcast for us just out of the kindness of his heart and he's released a couple double albums lately and i've listened to the first of the two i think it's great and i'm going to get the second one soon but uh, we like to support him as well because he's such a supporter of us yes we really appreciate his support and we love his music well, we got to get him on anyway and find out what his story is with Moonlighting. If he, mm. must, he must have watched it when he was growing up, I'm assuming. But yes, anyway, thank you, Ryan. We received an email from Yvonne. She says, hi, Grace and Shauna. With the recent announcement about Bruce Willis's health, I went back to try to find Moonlighting episodes that I loved so much back in the day. I finally found them on YouTube and then came across your podcast, which I've only just started to listen to and enjoy. In the episode for Season 1, Episode 2, Gunfight at the So-So Corral, you said you couldn't identify a particular piece of music used when David slash Maddie are in the car after she has dinner with Pat Corley. 
It's a pretty obscure song called She Advertises by John Hunter from his 1984 album Below. You might have mentioned you have since identified it in one of your later podcasts that I haven't got to yet, but just in case you want to complete your notes and then she's given us a link. Yeah, so it's John Hunter. I'm really happy that Yvonne sent this email because I was very much wondering what that piece of music was. It is pretty obscure. I wonder how they came up with it back in the day. Yeah. So Yvonne, thank you so much for that because no, we hadn't uncovered what that song was. Thank you for letting us know what it was because for some reason, as I said, Shazam did not recognize it. So it sounds like it is an obscure song. I haven't actually tried to search it on Spotify, but after this episode, I suppose a lot of Moonlighting fans will go in and have a look and have a listen. So thank you very much, Yvonne, for your reply. Yes, thank you, Yvonne. It's now time for Moonlight Trivia. Let's see what we came up with for each other this week, Grace. (laughs) Do you want to go first? (laughs) Yes. You're always going first and then stealing half my trivia. Oh, sorry. (laughs) We're just uh, getting so used to what each other asks, I think. Mm. All right. Well, let's see if we can stump each other this week. All right. So in the beginning, when Kathleen is in the hotel room with the guy, what room number were they in, Grace? (laughs) (laughs) I had that on my list too. I know, because I write out a lot of questions now because I think we double up. So, yeah, I've got here room 415. Yes, room 415. You can see it on the door there. I don't know what Mm. it is with some episodes. It's difficult to come up with trivia because a lot of things are so obvious. But then again, you know, sometimes it might be obvious to me and not to you and vice versa, you know. So I'm watching, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, she'll notice that. But then I'll ask you and you've never noticed it. So it's really funny what we both observe in each episode. Sometimes we do, yeah, stump each other and come up with some good ones. Some episodes are easier than others, definitely, to come up with trivia. All right. So when Maddie and David are in the main office deciding if they should take the case, Maddie is holding something in her hand. What is she holding? I think you only see it once, but she is holding something. She's not holding a handbag. No. Oh, a pen? Yes, she's holding a pen, a black pen. She may not even be holding it the whole time. I just noticed she was holding it once. It's very strange for her to be actually holding something, isn't it? I know. In the office, yeah. And name the the artists, the painters that David mentioned. Well, he only mentions Rubens, doesn't he? I thought there was one other. Oh, Peter Paul Rubens. I don't know. Because they talk about Gauguin earlier. Gauguin earlier. I thought he mentioned two. Oh. Master of the Baroque style. Peter Paul, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I thought he only (laughs) mentioned Peter Paul Rubens. So you stumped me there. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, maybe you're right. It was only one. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of pulled that one out. Yeah, you pulled that one out of, you know, you were trying to bluff me there. We're not playing poker. (laughs) Oh, God, I could have sworn. You know, when you, it's like we're trying to keep track of so many things. But this time, you know what I was really trying to do? I was trying to look at the different takes, you know, from the preview to the, um, so I kind of, the trivia got lost on me a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought I had a third one, but, oh, well. (laughs) But I really did think you mentioned two. So I was hoping you could just come up with them and I'd be off the hook. I'll just pluck one out of the air for you, okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I should have done the, like the Band-Aid one. Where does this Band-Aid change color or something like that? Yeah, I wouldn't have noticed that one. Uh, yeah, I know you didn't notice that one. Oh, that was funny. Um, see, you never know. All right, so go ahead. My first question is, what is Kathleen Kilpatrick's flight number? Oh, gosh. <laughs> what is her flight number? 317. No. Yeah. Close. Where do we see this? In the, uh, at the end of the airport? or We don't see it. The flight attendant calls it out over the PA. Oh, okay. What do they say? They say flight 417. 
417. I said 317. I know. And you know why I said 317? Why? Because that's St. Patrick's Day. So I thought they would probably. Oh. And it's okay. funny because the room number was 415 and the flight number was yeah. 417. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Who knows where they collect these things out of thin air? Okay. My next question is name the three bank robbers. It was Joe. No. Peter. <laughs> and John. Are you trying to go through the apostles or something, are you? <laughs> trying to think of the most Irish names. Uh, something O'Malley. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Okay. So Kathleen's father's name was Sean Kilpatrick. See, Sean, there you go. Should have come up with that. Yeah, that's a nice Irish name. Mm-hmm. Then the gentleman that was chasing her was a McBride, but we don't know what his first name was, but his father was Michael McBride. Okay. And yeah. the gentleman that died of the heart attack in the hotel room was Edward O'Leary. Edward O'Leary. Edward, Sean, but very Irish last names. When David and Maddie come back to the office and Agnes tells them Kathleen is in the office, as they walk in, David takes something off yes. the desk. Did you notice that? I did notice that, yes. He takes like a post-it note off of her lamp. Yes, very good. Yeah, that must be where she leaves their messages or something. Agnes is holding two items as she escorts David and Maddie into Maddie's office. To see Kathleen, what is she holding? Hmm. A uh, watering pot to water the flowers and a pencil. No. She's holding a bright blue texter and a post-it note pad. Okay. Okay. So with the Moonlight Stats door slams, we didn't have one in this episode, did we? Oh, gosh. We haven't. I don't think so, surprisingly. There's no elevator. We do have a singing Bruce, but we've got to find out what he was singing. Hopefully some Moonlighting fans will be able to assist with that. Agnes does not Mm -hmm. rhyme. And we just have Irish music. Yeah, lots of Irish music. In summary, we have 26 door slams, five times out of the elevator. Bruce sings eight times and we still have 4.5 rhymes from Agnes. We need more rhymes. Can we uh, think through Maddie's outfits? So the purple suit in the intro, she was wearing a satin nightgown negligee. Then she was wearing a light pink suit at the coroner's office. Then she was wearing a pink purple pants suit at the oil refinery. She was wearing PJs, satin PJs with pants when she was woken up by Kathleen. Um, Then she was wearing like a raw silk suit. Yeah, the colour was sort of, I don't know, I put, apricot slash cream question mark when she enters David's office when he's got the newspaper clippings and then entering the airport she's wearing her pink suit so that's a total of seven outfit changes that's a lot of outfit changes for her for one episode for just a regular old episode like she had a lot in dream sequence but in this one I would not have expected that in this episode there's Irish music sweet Harriet and something he sings at the fire escape that's right. Yeah, that's the, the one that we need help with. So, Shauna, what are we going to be talking about next week? Next week, we have Season 2, Episode 8, Portrait of Maddie. An artist who's obsessed with Maddie paints her portrait and then commits suicide. And she's obsessed with this painting. Great mm-hmm. episode directed by Peter Werner and written by Kerry Aaron and Ali Marie Matheson. And it aired in November 85. So we're getting towards the end of 85 now. Yeah, November 26, 1985, Portrait Mm. of Maddie. Yeah, another funny episode to talk about. So I'm looking forward to that one too. But then I'm always looking forward to talking to you about Moonlighting episodes. And we look forward to all of them. Yeah, the next one is funny, but also we kind of get back on track with the evolution of Maddie and David's relationship and the lengths that David will go to to help her. We kind of get back to that. And in this episode, they're both looking for a clue, a clue, a clue. Gesundheit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, until next time. I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. Thank Thank you you for for listening listening to Moonlighting Moonlighting the Podcast.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.